All right, Booker Joe. Uh, today's stop is Hay. Five, we pick up at the bottom of Zara Amaset, and we get to a, finally, well, we're going to get back to the egg in a minute, but we're going to focus on a very different conceptual issue, which is uh, fascinating conceptually and practically. So we pick up on Dalai Amaset, which is Itmar, which is um, three lines before the lines get, uh, get wide. It starts with the words, Miklakali Isura. Okay, Itmar, it was taught. You have two days, a two-day yantiv of a chutzlaret. What's the status? Now, again, this is in the context of the egg, but you'll see it'll raise a broader question. If the egg is born on one day yantiv, it's permissible on the second day yantiv. If it's born on the first day of yantiv, it's forbidden on the second day of yantiv. Um, so what's this about? So the Gemara says, Lema, let's say, Kasavarav, Asi, Kedushachasi. Revive you says, if it's born on day one, it's forbidden on day two. It's because he holds that this is all one continuous Kedushah. Meaning the normal way we would approach two days Yantav, and we know there are classic Mishnayot that deal with this, um, is, um, is that you don't know if today is Yantav or if tomorrow is Yantav. I mean, sort of, we, we pretend as if the idea of the two day Yantav is a period when they didn't know which day was the first day because of which day was Rosh Chodesh. So therefore, if it's born on one day, it should be permissible on the second because it's born on the first. The first is Yantiv, so then the second is Chol. Or if the first was Chol, then it was born on Chol and it's permissible on Yantiv. Even if you consider, like an earlier discussion we had before about Rosh Hashanah, that they're both going to be treated as Yantiv, but as long as they're independent from one another, so by the time you get to day two of Yantiv, the muksa considerations of day two is a question of was it already born when day two began? And the answer is yes. So all of the logic would dictate that if it's born on day one, it should be permissible on day two. The only logic to say not is to treat them as one continuous unit of Kiddushah. And then it's like it was born on the middle, in the middle of, of, of Yantav. So born on the middle of day one of Yantav, it's for, forbidden for the whole day one. So born on day one, it's forbidden on day two, if you consider that to be one unit of Kiddushah. So the Gemara says that seems to be Ravasi's position. Saha, but that can't be. So Ravasi Mavdil Miyoma Tamal Chavre. Ravasi makes some Dala from the first day Yantiv to the second. So, making Abdullah, you're considering the second day Yantiv to be distinct. Now, Rashi says he would even say Hamavdil ben Kodesh Lechol, which is quite fascinating, which means, okay, I'll play along with the second day Yantiv and I won't do Malacha. I guess I'll have a say there, but. Bottom line is, I consider it chol. And he would actually say, Hamavdil ben Kodesh l'chol. Now, you could have suggested in the Gemara, maybe I said, Hamavdil ben Kodesh l'chodesh. But whatever he did, he clearly understood that there was a, you know, made a distinction between day one and day two, and that they were not one continuous unit. So if that's true, why isn't the egg permissible on day two? So the Gemara says, um, Ravasi, no, Spooky Masafkale, here's how we explain Ravasi. He's not certain how to deal with the two days of Yantiv. So he has a doubt. So, I mean, he says, should I treat it as one continuous Kiddushah? Fine, that's one possibility, and therefore I'll forbid the egg that was born on day one on day two. Maybe it's one continuous. On the other hand, maybe it's two separate Kiddushahs, or it's a Kiddushah and a Chol, and therefore I'll make Havdalah between day one and day two. So that's, both positions are a Machmir position, and that's why he could hold contradictory. He's playing it safe. Of course, how do you make a bracha if you have a doubt? Maybe, you know, maybe he, did, maybe he was Mavdil without saying the brachot, just said Hamavdil ben Kodesh l'chol or ben Kodesh l'chodesh. But that's how the Gemara explains Ravasi. Okay? 
So we're still consistent, though, that the idea that the egg born on day one is forbidden on day two is based on, a con- on, on, a con- on conce- conceiving the two days as one continuous Kedusha, as opposed to Rav, who would say they were two Kedushot. So now the Gemara says like this. So now we're going to try to work that out. One Kedusha or two Kedushot. So Amar Abzeira, so says Rabzeira, um, yeah, I really am sorry about the uh, not enough Gemaras here. Um, I don't know what happened to them. Amar Abzeira, I guess I can use this. Nah, I think I'll go blind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm a, oh, you got something there? Okay, good. Yeah. Amar Abzeira, so says Rabzeira, um, Kivase, uh, the Rav You know what? Rav Asi's position of one kedusha makes sense. Why? Let's hear this. Um, nowadays, let's face it. We know when the Rosh Chodesh was, you know, um, is established. It's all based on a calendar that we've predetermined, and we know exactly when Rosh Chodesh is. Okay. The Kavdina Treyomi, and nevertheless, we do two days yomtiv. So what's the logic? How do you explain we do two days yomtiv if we know which day is Rosh Chodesh? The only logic is, is that we do it because the rabbis told us. We do it because there's like a takana to keep two days yomtiv. So the idea is, if we're doing it because, not out of doubt, he says there's no doubt nowadays. The only reason we do it is because that's sort of the rabbis established you keep two days in Chutzaret. So that's, therefore, it's all unified. It becomes a two-day yontif. If there's a doubt, is it today, is it tomorrow, that gives them each separate weight. But if it's just the rabbis telling us keep two days yontif, so they all have the same weight. Or not obviously one biblical and rabbinic, but it's one unit. Okay, because bottom line is we don't really have a doubt. That's his position. Amar Abaye, Abaye says no. Kivase Rav Rav's position of two separate saint, of two separate kiddushot, of two independent days, is the one that makes more sense. Why? Not eternal Mishnah. Originally, they had a great way of communicating um, to Chutzaret when Rosh Chodesh was established in a way that everybody would know in time for Yantiv, which is what? They would have, they would light, they, they would light bonfires on the tops of mountaintops and they'd have them spaced equally and it would sort of be, you know, one, the next mountaintop would see the bonfire and light its bonfire and then the next one would see the bonfire and light its, you know, so it would, uh, it would communicate very quickly an extremely long distance. That was how they used to do it and everybody would know when Rosh Chodesh was. But Mishakilkulu Hakutim, because Mishakilkulu Haminim, when the, um, I assume that that, does anybody have a Steinzalt? No? Does he have Haminim? Or, no, that's a, whatever, that's the article. Anyway, okay, but when the heretics, you know, when the, uh, you know, uh, got made trouble, or according to this, the Samaritans made trouble, um, and they basically started lighting the bonfires on the wrong day. Now, that wasn't just to give the rabbis a hard time. It had to do with debates about how to set the calendar, and particularly, you know, the Book of the Jubilees, we know from uh, the uh, from the uh, Second Temple literature, had a whole separate way of uh, you know establishing the calendar. There's basically also concern about how do you interpret the verse, and this was with the Sadducees that Shavuot is 50 days mimacharat Shabbat. Is it literally Shabbat or is it Pesach? So a good way to have it all work out is to ensure that the first day of Pesach is Shabbat and then you sort of get it all worked out. So anyway, they would try to manipulate the calendar. So that's why that this was not working, because you can't tell whose bonfire it is. So if they're trying to manipulate the calendar, they had to find a different way. So he's kinushu shluchim yotzin. They had shluchim of basin being sent out, and maybe they came with like, you know, ID. So therefore you knew exactly what the official day of Rosh Chodesh was. But that took a lot more time. Okay. And that's why there became doubts in Chutzaret, because it took a long time to find out, and Yantav would come along, and you still wouldn't know which day was Rosh Chodesh. 
So now that's the that's the mission. Now now Abaye reflects on this. The ilu bitlu kutim. Let's assume that there were no longer the problem with the kutim or the minim and so on. There was no longer that problem, and we could go back to the fires of dinim chad yoma. Then we would do one day in Chutzlaret because then the message would get out quickly and we would only have to do one day. Or another, another hypothetical scenario, Chad Yoma. The Heicha de Shluchim, let's take a, a, one that's true even nowadays. Areas near Israel where the Shluchim could get within two weeks of Rosh Chodesh. So those areas which always knew in time for Sukkot and in time for Pesach when, when the Yantav began, those areas of Dinam Chad Yoma only do one day. Okay, so now what is, how is that all relevant to, is it a two-day, is it, is it one unit or two units? So the way Rashi explains it is very simply. He says, look, and this, by the way, is the question of how to conceptualize two days yantav. Because some Gemaras sort of refer to it as a minog. You know, minog avasenu biyadenu. And that's why we keep it. We keep the practice that was established. But others refer to it as a takana. Right, Chazal established a two day, that we have to keep the second day. Well, which is it? Is it a practice that we're maintaining, or is it a takana? That's actually what Rashi says is being debated here. One approach is: Look, we know what the calendar is. The only reason we're keeping it is because the rabbi told us it's a takana. If it's a takana, then it all—it's all one big unit. Um, whereas the other approach is saying, no, 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 it's not a takana. If it were a takana, then you wouldn't have a distinction that the areas near Israel have to keep, uh, do one day and the areas far away do two. When did you ever hear about a rabbinic takana that made like those types of lines and distinctions? Or let's assume that we were, you know, that we got, came back to a period where they could get the information out in a faster way. Then presumably the areas that would be able, then presumably we would stop doing it. Well, if it was a rabbinic takana, we wouldn't stop doing it. So the fact is, what Abai is saying is, we're clearly just reflecting the reality of the practice that, ha- that was at that time. And that's why you can distinguish between places near Israel, places away from Israel, why in theory things would be different if the times, if, you know, if the circumstances were different. It's all just to reflect the reality of that practice. And therefore, if it's keeping up the minhag, well, the nature of that is, I don't know which day is yuntiv. Is it the first? Is it the second? So since the, the reality of when it was practiced that way is not being certain which day was the fir- which day was yuntiv and which day wasn't, that's the idea of two kiddushos. Each day is independent. Is that clear? Yes? No? Sort of? If it's a takana, then the rabbis told us to do it, so just do it. Just keep two days yuntiv. We call it a two-day yuntiv. So that makes it one unit. If it's continuing the practice, then, if the, then when they were practicing it, each day was independent. One day was yantiv, one wasn't. They didn't know which was which. If our practice is a continuation of that, we keep up that reality of it being a safek. And Abayi is indicating that that's true because of its flexibility. This nature of, wh- of who keeps it and what, under what circumstances reflects the reality that it's a minhag and not a takana. I want to say something about this point which maybe will help bring it home, which is very, very, very relevant for contemporary issues. What happens, you know, when somebody who lives in uh, Chutzlaretz goes visit it, visits Israel for Yantiv, right? You keep one day or two days. So when I was growing up, everybody said, oh, no, you absolutely have to keep two days. You know, only like the crazy Zionist rabbis say you have to keep one day. <laughs> but everybody else has two days. Now, like, the pendulum has swung, and many, many, you know, people are doing one day. And what's that based on? So it's a chuva of the Chacham Tzvi. And the Chacham Tzvi says, very simple issue. He says, you know, if you approach it like, okay, your minog and chutzvart is two days, your practice is two days, so even when you go to a place with a different practice, you keep the practice of the place you came from. That's the logic of keeping two days. But the Chachamsi says, no, 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 that's not the way to think about it. The way to think about it is like this. 
let's assume this was happening at the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, and you lived in Chutzlaret, where there were two days you kept, and you happened to be visiting, you know, Eretz Yisrael for Yontif. How many days would you keep? If it happened at the time when they were doing it based on the, on the witnesses, you'd keep one day, because you would know when Rosh Chodesh was. So our whole practice of two days means to continue how it would have been done at the time of the base of Mikdash. So at the time of the base of Mikdash, if I was living in Chutzlaret and visiting Eretz Yisrael for Yontif, I would have kept one day, so that's what I'm going to do now. So, you see, so that is a nice way of showing what Abai is trying to demonstrate. It's not like a flat takada. Two days, that's the halacha for Chutzvaret. It's, no, I will practice how it would have been done in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. So it'll matter. Am I far away from Israel? Am I close to Israel? According to the Chacham Tzvi. Am I actually visiting Israel for Yantav? All those things, you ask yourself, what would you have done at the time of the Beis HaMikdash? Not, oh, you're Ben Chutzvaret, so your halacha is two days. So that's exactly the debate that's going on. If it's a takana, it's a one kedusha. If it's a minhag, says Abaye, it's two kedushot. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Okay, the hashtag the yadina the kviya the archa. Now here's the upshot. Given that we know of when Rosh Chodesh is, my time of dina treyomi. Why do we do two days according to Abaye? If it's not a takana, if it's more this flexible reality of where you would, what you would have done had you been around in the time of the base of Mikdash. So it says. The, uh, they sent from there, from Eretz Yisrael. Be careful about the practice of your forefathers in your hands, meaning keep them in hugging. Now, that seems to be the whole message, those four words. But now the Gemara elaborates, because maybe, you know, keep them in hugging would not have been like enough to say why we give it like all of the weight that we do and we absolutely possibly there's a reality of two days yontiv. So the Gemara now adds the following line. There will be a time when the, you know, king, when the, you know, government will make an edict, the and it will come to be macalculate, which means that even if, you know, we know when the, cal- when the calendar is, I just want to sort of read where, you know, where, hold on, that's Rashi, um, Right, Rashi says that even though we know when the calendar is, there might be a time when, when we're under a persecution, when we'll lose access to, you know, to that knowledge, to that story, to, to the traditions of the calendar, and how to uh, fix the calendar, and then we really won't know which day is Yontem, so since it's possible there'll come a time where we really won't know, make sure to keep this practice of two days. Um, so again, that's like the Bavli, you can tell from the shift from Hebrew to Aramaic, that's the Bavli's way of reinforcing this, because if you just a minog, there are a lot of things that are mean hugging that we don't treat with that absolute weight of two days of yuntiv. So it's saying, no, 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 it's not just a minog, it's a minog that you have to be wor- very deeply worried about right now because there might become a future reality where there is a real doubt. But again, notice that it's rooted in this issue of doubt. Of a doubt. You won't know. And that's what Abai is saying. And that's what, what Abai is saying here. That we go like Rav, that it's two shows because it's rooted in a reality of doubt, and each one is separate, and ultimately rooted in an idea of minhag, of continuing the practice. Okay? So now the Gemara continues. Um, Itmar. So that was an interesting debate about a normal two-day yantif. Now we're going to get to two days of Rosh Hashanah. So Shnei Yom Tovim Shav Rosh Hashanah. What's the story about two days of Rosh Hashanah? Rav and Shmuel, the Rami Travayu, so Rav and Shmuel both say, um, that's different. There, even the same Rav that said two day, a normal two days yantiv is each day is independent, two days of Hashanah is one continuous Kiddushah. And if it's born on one, it's forbidden on the other, just like it's born in the middle of the day, because it's all one big continuous two day Kiddushah. Did not, we taught in the Mishnah. 
Barishona originally, they would accept testimony of when the new month was, the whole day of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is very tricky, right? Which day you celebrate as Rosh Hashanah when you actually didn't have a fixed calendar could only be determined in the middle of the day because the witnesses would have seen the new moon the night before and they would come the following day and that would be the middle of day one. So the initial practice of day one of Rosh Hashanah was always in doubt until the witnesses came because maybe the witnesses won't come today and then tomorrow will be the first day of, of Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. The, tomorrow will be Rosh Hashanah. So the first day was always in doubt based on whether the witnesses would show up today or not. Um, so they would be willing to accept the witnesses. Or they would be willing, maybe you could scoot over there. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know. Some people clear, they cleared out the uh, Gemara. Okay. Um, Okay, uh, where are we? Okay. Uh, they would originally accept testimony of which day was Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, the entire day one, you know, the day after the 29th of Elul. Pam Achas, one time, Yishtoa Edim Lavo. The witnesses came late. They came towards the very end of the day. And what were they doing? So there were no witnesses yet. So they assumed, okay, no witnesses are coming. Today isn't going to be Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow will be Rosh Chodesh. And they brought the Korban Mincha. And what happened? And the Levim messed up. They sang the wrong song. Because what happens is, um, on um, a Yantiv, the, the Musaf would have a separate Shir Shalyom, unique to Yantav, and the Tamid of the afternoon would also have, not the same as Musaf, but a separate Shir Shalyom because it was Yom Tov. You would have a different Shir we learned earlier about the idea of the, at the time the wine was poured at the communal sacrifices, the Levim sang a Shir, so that would be at the Tamid, it would be at the Musaf, and the Shir would either be, there would be a standard one during the weekday, we say that at the end of Davening, and then a special one for Yantav, the special one for the Musaf of Yantav, and a related special one for the now, Shachris, you never knew, right? Shachris, you always, as Rashi says, you know, every single Rosh Hashanah, Shachris Tamid was way too early to know whether it was going to be Rosh Hashanah or not. So there it was established that you just do the regular weekday one. If it was a Wednesday, you did the Wednesday one. Could it be a Wednesday? Can't be Wednesday. If it was a Tuesday, according to our calendar, then it could have been. Okay. Anyway, you would do the regular weekday one. But by Musaf and Mincha, then you would know whether it was Rosh Hashanah or not, and you do it the right one. Well, what happened is they assumed nobody had come yet. They assumed it was going to be, it was, in the end, it was a weekday. So came the Mincha, and they did an, uh, the weekday one again. And that was a mess up. Because by the Mincha, the Tamid, the, the, I should say, the Tamid Shabbat Harbayim, say Mincha, whatever, the Tamid Shabbat Harbayim, the afternoon Tamid, is the one that's supposed to have the one unique to the day or, or particular to the day. Now, Tosus asked the obvious question, which is there's a bigger problem, which is all of the Musaf Korbanot. Did they bring them or not bring them? Okay? And if they didn't bring them yet, then can you really bring them after the afternoon Tamid? So, normally you're not supposed to bring anything after the afternoon Tamid. So, Tosus says, yeah, but the Evid, in this circumstance, they would have brought the Musaf after the afternoon Tamid, and therefore part of the mess up was not just that they sang the wrong year, but part of the mess up is that they would have to have brought the Musaf, right? Because they, they assumed it was going to turn out to be a weekday, they weren't bringing the Musaf. They said, okay, let's get on with the Tamid, and it's a weekday, and say the weekday here, and then, oh my God, they found out it was Rosh Hashanah, now they're going to have to bring the Musaf after the Tamid. So, and that's in the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, which discusses it, that's 
sort of alluded to as well, that problem. Okay, so this was a mess up. The witnesses came late, and okay, and it was a mess up. We're saying the wrong here. We're going to have to bring the Musaf later. It was a problem. So what are we going to do to make sure this problem doesn't happen again? Hitkinu, they established, that no, after Mincha time, uh, meaning after the time that you bring, which Mincha time is linked to the afternoon Tamid, after the Mincha time, after the afternoon Tamid would be brought, no more witnesses. So if, if witnesses have not come yet and it's time for the Tamid, we're bringing the Tamid, it's going to be a weekday, we're saying the weekday here, and if witnesses come and want to make today Rosh Hashanah, we're closing the door on them. Alright? Now, now the Edim did show up, what do you do? So we're slamming the door in their face. We know tomorrow is going to be Rosh Hashanah. Okay? Once it's Min Chadam, we're not listening to them. So, nevertheless, this is what's the relevant point. Even though you won't accept the witnesses anymore, and that allows you to go ahead and say the weekday shir show yom, and not to bring the musaf. Nevertheless, from this period of mincha time to the end of the day, of day one, you know, once it becomes mincha time, what do you know? You, you know that even if witnesses come, you won't accept them. So once it becomes mincha time, you know that today is not going to be Rosh Hashanah. Right? That's because you know, even if witnesses show up, too late. Nevertheless, so as not to undermine the seriousness of keeping the day, the beginning of the day, Rosh Hashanah, um, we're going to tr- continue keeping the day with the sanctity of Rosh Hashanah. We're going to continue not doing Malacha till the end of the day. Right? You understand why that is? Because if a day, if in the middle of a day you would say, okay, everybody, you can start doing Malacha, then next year I'm going to start doing Malacha at the beginning of the day. So in order to keep the weight of the day serious, because you don't know how to play out, you're going to keep the whole day even once it becomes Mincha time. Now what does that mean? That means that there were circumstances when you would keep two days of Rosh Hashanah even though you knew that the sec- only the second day was going to be the real Rosh Hashanah, right? Any case where the witnesses came after Mincha would be a case where you would keep two days Rosh Hashanah even though it would only be the second one which would be the real one. So that's not even a question of Sussex. I know tomorrow is going to be Rosh Hashanah. But nevertheless, because I have to keep finish out today as Rosh Hashanah. So, therefore, that establishes this idea of one Kiddushah. Like we said before, if it's a minhag and it's based on doubt, that's two Kiddushahs. If the rabbis are telling you, do it anyway, here's what you've got to do. You've got to keep today and tomorrow's Rosh Hashanah, even though you know what's what, that creates a reality of a two-day unit. Okay, so that's the idea that we have, it's called Yoma Arichta. You might know this, and that has a lot of relevance, not just with cases of egg. Most of us don't have the egg question, but questions about Shechianu, the whole idea of, like, the new fruit and whatever, is to allow us to say a Shechianu on the second night, because it, normally you say a Shechianu on the second night of Yantiv, because maybe yesterday was whole and today is Yantiv. But here, if it's one big unit, it's not based on doubt, it's based on you know, but nevertheless keep two days, then it creates this reality of one extended Kedushah, and that's the position of Rav and Shmuel. Okay. So that's Rav and Shmuel's idea, that it's one Kedushah because of that Takana, which had it not based on doubt, but with a definite knowledge, there would still be two days. Um, Amar Rabba says, Rabba, from the Takana of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai onwards, after the base of Mikdash was destroyed, things reversed themselves. And the egg now becomes permissible, meaning that it now is two Kedushot, and not one Kedushah. Why is it not? We taught in the Mishnah and Rosh Hashanah. From where the base of Mikdash was destroyed, he's going to be Yochanan ben Zakkai. He said, "Okay, 
no longer based on mikdash, no reason to shut the door in the face of the witnesses, no problem with the sacrifices. We can accept witnesses till the very end of the day. Okay, makes a lot of sense, right? Why keep that old takan in place? Let's accept witnesses till the end of the day. If we're now accepting witnesses till the end of the day, right, we're back to the point that there's no takana to keep to keep today as Rosh Hashanah, even though I know otherwise. We go back to the reality like any normal two-day yantam. If you're keeping today, it's because of doubt. It's not because of a takana. Because now Aiden can come the whole day. Amalei Abaye, so Abaye said back to Rabbah, uh, okay, I understood stand your, your idea that the Yochim and Zakai, you know, switch things about the testimony. But how do you assume that means that the halacha of two kedusha or one kedusha switches. Rav and Shmuel both say that it still has with the halacha of one kedusha that the egg is forbidden. Amalei, so Rav said back, Amino ana Rabbi Yochim and Zakai. Ali Rav Shmuel. I tell you, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, I show you a Mishnah. The logic dictates that now it's two kedushot because there's now it, it would only be based on an issue of doubt, not on an issue of takana. And you're saying, oh, how could I say that? What about Rabbi Shmuel? No, how could Rabbi Shmuel say what they said based on what Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai did? Okay, I have Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai behind me. So the Gemara says, okay, you know what? That's a good point. Well, Rabbi Shmuel Kasha must be. And so, what do Rabbi Shmuel do with the reality of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai? How do they still feel it's one kedushah? So the Gemara says, Lo kasha. That's not difficult. Halon halu. That's for them. This is for us. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> so what it means is, is that in Eretz Yisrael it goes back to being two kedushot. Why? Because in Eretz Yisrael there could have been a reality after that. That after the, you know Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai Sakana, there could have been a reality of one day Rosh Hashanah. Witnesses would have come on the first day, early in the day, or even late in the day, and it would have been a one-day Rosh Hashanah. So therefore, the, they had gone, in Israel, they would go from two days, which they would sometimes keep two days, you know, based on this sort of takana of keep it, because once, once it's after Mincha time, you keep, you know, you keep two days, you're always going to keep two days. They once, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai said, we can accept witnesses from Mincha onwards, and so now sometimes it'll be one day, sometimes it'll be two days, even when the witnesses come late, it'll be one day. So therefore, even when we're going to go back to keeping, now if we have, there'll be a Yantaf, which will keep two, uh, uh, a year which will keep two days in Eretz Israel, it won't be based on the Takana, old Takana, it'll be based on just, we don't know, right? The witnesses, you know, the witnesses, we didn't hear whether the witnesses came or not. It'll be based on issues of doubt, okay? Or it'll be a sin reality that the witnesses didn't come and we wound up keeping the whole first day, but we kept the whole first day not because of Takana. We kept the whole first day because at any minute the witnesses might come. So we kept it out of doubt. So that's why in Eretz Yisrael it switches to this issue of Safek because that reflected the reality and therefore it, the two days would be two days based on Safek. You're waiting the whole day keeping it because maybe the witnesses will come. That's an issue of Safek. According to, however, in Chutzl Aretz, as Raja points out, we never stopped keeping two days. Right? In Chutzl Aretz, we, we would all, even after the Takana shifted, there would never be a reality of keeping one day. As we know, in Chutzl Aretz, every Yantav is a two-day Yantav. Right? So since there would always be the reality of two days in Chutzl Aretz, this is the way Rashi explains, um, since the two days began as an idea of Kedusha Achat, 
even when the reality changed in Israel that now they could accept witnesses the whole day and the Sakana goes away, since we began observing the two days as Kedush HaKad and that practice always continued, there was never a break in the practice, even though the existing logic has shifted, once we kept that Sakana and we continued it, it always had the way it was initially established, which was one Kedusha. But in Israel, basically the reality, the re- not only the reality shifted, the practice shifted. Once they started accepting witnesses the whole day, they would sometimes keep only one day yuntav, and therefore it was always based on, a, even when they kept two days, it was based on a reality of doubt. I don't know if, if that's so clear, Tosos Raisu has another explanation because it's not so transparently obvious, but the basic point is, is that in Chutz Laaretz, we get, I'll make it simple, in Chutz Laaretz, we have an idea of a two-day yuntav, and that idea of a two-day yuntav, which we've always practiced, in the case of Rosh Hashanah, started off as one Kedushah, because of the early idea of not accepting witnesses, and that's the way it remains. In Eretz Israel, where they have mostly one-day yuntavs, and every now and then they'll have a two-day Rosh Hashanah because they won't know whether the witnesses are coming, that shifts to a reality of Safek, and not a reality of Kedushah, but of state Kedushah. Yes. So, well, nice, so the first day, yep. everyone in Eretz Israel starts to observe that day from the morning on. Yeah. They only stop. Well, from the evening before. Evening before <laughs> right. Before. right. In Eretz Israel. If they found out, if witnesses came, if they got the message, they wouldn't... On the second day. Right? Yeah, they would not have to keep the second day Yontif in, in many years. But if they didn't come on the... But, but the first day is the 30th day after... Yeah. The right. So, if witnesses came on that day, then they would not keep two days Yontif. But they start off keeping that day tonight. Yes, but they have to start keeping it because the witnesses might show up today. And they have to keep the whole day through because witnesses might show up till the very last minute. And previous to this Takana, they would have kept it until Mensa? No, 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 no. no Previous to this Takana, they would, no, 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 it's the opposite. Previous to this reversal of the Takana, of accepting the witnesses, they also would have kept the whole two days, but the difference would be that they would have kept the end of the first day even when they knew that the official Rosh Hashanah was really going to be tomorrow, right? Once it got to be Mincha time, right, they knew that the official Rosh Hashanah for calendrical purposes was tomorrow because they couldn't accept witnesses anymore. And nevertheless, they kept, they kept it. So when they were keeping the end of day one, they were not keeping it because of Suffolk, they were keeping it because of the Takana. But the morning of day one... They were keeping because of Suffolk. But the end of day one... The morning of day one also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole point is they started keeping it, right? But then they couldn't switch. They, you don't want them to... Because you still have the reality. Today might turn out to be Rosh Hashanah. Okay. Is that clear? Uh, maybe I wasn't as clear as I needed to be before. But basically, the way it used to be is, first thirtieth day of Elul rolls around. Today, witnesses might show up today, so you start keeping today as Rosh Hashanah. If witnesses do show up today, it turns out today was Rosh Hashanah, so you start keeping the whole day as Rosh Hashanah. It used to be once the, when the original Takana was in place that would come Mincha time, and you would know, okay, I know tomorrow on the calendar is going to be Tishrei one, but nevertheless you still would keep the entire day, the end of the day, and you wouldn't start doing malacha because that would undermine what you had done earlier. So that would be a reality where you would keep two days of Rosh Hashanah with, when there was a, a period which wasn't in doubt. The end of day one wasn't in doubt and you were still keeping it. And because it wasn't based on doubt, that's the idea of Kedusha Achat. Okay, but once they allowed the witnesses to come the whole day, then, it was, then the only reason to keep, keep, it, to keep doing it the whole day was because of the reality of doubt, not because of this Takana. 
I'm feeling I'm still losing you. Uh, but okay. All right. Uh, uh, clear pretty much? Questions? Okay. By the way, here's an important thing to realize about this, which is that Rosh Hashanah is the, to show you the difference between the whole sort of Takana versus doubt issue, when we normally keep two days of Rosh Chodesh, which day is the actual day one of the month? Second day Rosh Chodesh. When we keep two days of Rosh Hashanah, which day is day one of the month? First day. Right? Why is that? Because that basically reflects the reality, not when the witnesses would come the second day, which is the reality of doubt, and you only kept the first day because of suffix. That reflects the reality when the witnesses would come on the first day, but they would come too late, right? And if they came on the first day, but they came too late, then, the, then you know, okay, now, you know, there they made the calendrical day, day one. But nevertheless, you know, the reality was, was that day was always going to be kept as Rosh Hashanah, you know, regardless, um, and therefore, and then the second day. So it reflects a different type of a reality, and that's the issue. So basically, what we're saying is that when it used to be, there was a period of time when they didn't accept witnesses, where they would keep two days, even though part of that was not based on doubt. And therefore, that had the reality of Kedusha Achat. Now that they reversed that Takana, the only reason you keep two days is because of the issue of doubt and makes it two Kedushot. Okay, nevertheless, in Chutzlaret, it continues to reflect the old reality because the practice continued consistently, and therefore in Chutzlaret, the two days is one Kedusha. Now, what you might be asking yourself is, so how come in Eretz Yisrael, A, do they believe in the idea of one Kedusha, of, of two days of Hashan, and B, why do they even keep two days of Hashan in Eretz Yisrael, if the idea is that the reality switched in Eretz Yisrael? So, we'll get it to that. Let's keep on going in the Gemara. So, the Gemara says like this. Um... Okay, my time. Okay, so it must have like this. Rav Yosef Amar and Rav Yosef Asur. Yes, even after Rav Yosef and Zakai reversed this to kind of accepting witnesses, the egg remains forbidden. Now, why? So before we said because you know that it was a continuous practice in Chutzlaret and this the, and it didn't change. He has a different idea. My time. What's the reason? Because. The egg being, if born on day one, being forbidden on day two, was a matter in, of num, in, in, literally means a matter in number, but meaning something that was voted. Okay, it was an official edict of the rabbis that was voted into law, and therefore you need another act to retract it, which basically is the principle. This tends to be sort of you know extended to all drabanans or takanot drabanan that even when the circumstances change, the takana doesn't go away automatically. You need an active act of legislation of the rabbis to re- to retract the takana. The takana doesn't fall by the wayside just because the reality changes. So what he's saying is, it's true. Now we can accept witnesses. The reality has changed. But the way in which the Kedushah was established as one Kedushah, that's not retracted. That, that remains that way, and it will not change unless it's officially been retracted. So what was retracted was accepting the witnesses. What wasn't retracted was the nature of the two days of Rosh Hashanah. Okay, but let's see where we go with this. Okay, so the Moses like this, and now we're going to digress to this very important discussion of Kedusha Achat. Uh, of uh, um, so Amarav Yosef where do I get this idea that you need an official act to retract something that was established um, now the verse says now I want to just point out before we start reading the verses that what do you mean where do you know this from I mean it's like one of the early Mishnayot and Edios 
says, you know, that any basin that makes a, a you know, takana, you can't reverse it unless you have another basin that's gadol heimenu bechachmo b'minyan. So, of course, isn't that saying the same thing? But what Rav Yosef seems to be saying is making an even sharper point. He'd even be saying not only do you need a legislation to remove an old takanastam, even when the reasons, even when the circumstances have changed, it doesn't fall by the wayside. You need an active takana. And that's like a really important question, the halacha. If you have a certain drabanan that's based on certain reality, does, uh, does it change when those circumstances change? For example, Rabbi says, don't drink milk unless you have a Jew supervising it because maybe trace milk was mixed in. Well, let's say you have circumstances in which you know trace milk wasn't mixed. Well, no concern it might have been milk mixed in. You know, like uh, the reality of dairy farms in the United States. So does that takana automatically go away? Okay, and that's the whole issue about Cholavakum and Cholavstam and all those questions. Okay, so that's what he says. Yes, the reality has changed. They now accept witnesses. Doesn't mean the halacha has changed. Okay, you would need a specific act of legislation to retract the earlier takana. Now he's going to demonstrate that. So let's take a look. The verse says, Okay, at the end of Mamad Har Sinai, God says to Moshe, Go tell them, go back to their tents, which means to be with their wives. The Omer, and the verse says, When the uh, uh, ram's horn is uh, blown, is extended, you know, it's blown a long blast, they can go up to the mountain, because they also weren't allowed on the mountain during that period. Um, and the Sinan, and we turn the Mishnah, now, again, it's not clear what these things are proving. We're going to read them, and then the Gemara is going to unpack them. So, Now, if you have Kermrevai, fourth year of your, of, your, of your vine being planted, the grapes from the fourth year, what's the halacha? You bring it up to, to Yerushalayim, and you eat it in Yerushalayim. Now, that would be a schlep. So what a lot of people would prefer to do is to transfer that to money and just bring the money up to Yerushalayim, not actually transfer the fruit. The other good thing about that is if you have to bring the fruit, then you have to do it within a certain period of time before the fruit goes bad. To transfer it to money, you can just like store it all up and wait till you're going to be all irregular or something. But the rabbi said that if you live within one day's journey of Yerushalayim, we're not going to let you transfer it to money. We're going to insist that you bring the fruit up. Why? So it'll be the experience that the Torah imagines everybody bringing their fruit into Yerushalayim and that'll be a very beautiful experience for everybody we're going to make that demand if you actually are within one day's journey okay so you would have to bring it to Yerushalayim and not redeem it one day's, if you're within one day's journey of Yerushalayim in any direction this is the boundaries of that one day journey um, so a lot mean darom obviously you see there's questions here about the about the uh, about the text and about which places they're referring to, but we'll read it with the with the uh, sort of marginal um, corrections. So it says, Eilat is in the south. Um, is Eilat only one day's journey from Jerusalem in, in those days? I don't know. I don't know how long one day's journey would be. 20 miles or something? What? Well, if that's your gear, sir, presumably. How, how, how south is Eilat from Jerusalem? Anybody know? Five hours by car. Yeah. It cannot be that Eilat. So anyway, maybe it's a lot min ha-tzafon, as opposed to a lot min ha-darom. Okay, the akravat min ha, according to this version, tzafon, akravat in the north. I don't know where akravat is identified now. Maybe it's akravat in the south. Anyway, the last two are clearer. Um, lud min ha-ma'arav, lud in the west. 
the Yardin, Mina Mizrach, and the Jordan in the east, right? The Jordan is the east of Jerusalem. Lod, Lod, I should have said, excuse me, Lod is in the west of Jerusalem. Uh, west of Jerusalem. So, the Amar Ula, um, how far is Lod from Yerushalayim? Right, had to drive to the airport half hour, right? So, yeah, I don't think we could be comparing load to a lot. <laughs> so, all right, fine. Um, and it only takes about a half hour to get to the Jordan? Probably, if you would, if you would go straight, yeah, if you go straight, straight east. Okay. All right. It's not, okay. Ve'amar Ula. Now, Ula said, Matam, what's the reason behind this? In order that the uh, that the marketplaces of Jerusalem of Jerusalem should be adorned with fruit, everybody should be bringing all of their fruit. You know, it'll be a very beautiful experience. Okay, now the, for that purpose of the reason is critical because part of what he's proving again is not just that you need legislation to retract the takana, but you need it even when the reasons, even when the circumstances have changed. Behind the reasons have changed. So Tanya, we turn the bright Rabbi Eliezer had Terem Ravai in the east of Lod. Now, it was east of Lod, it was within a day of Jerusalem, right? Because Lod is to the west. So it was east of Lod, so it was within a day of Jerusalem. Betzak Far Tevi, by the side of the village of Tevi. He didn't want to schlep it to Yerushalayim. Okay? So he said, you know what? I'll just be mafkir to the poor. Let the poor get it. Free food for them. They'll take it to Yerushalayim. They'll eat it in Yerushalayim. And I won't have to schlep there. Better for me to give it to the poor and not to have to schlep. Let them take it. It'll be a nice bonus for them. They'll go to Yerushalayim. They'll eat it there. Amulo Tamida, his student said to him, Rebbe, you're, you're, your colleagues have already voted and retracted it. Okay, meaning that this was after Chorban Abayas. So after the base of is destroyed and you basically do not have an active Jewish population in Jerusalem, there is no longer the need to insist that everybody bring their fruit up to Yerushalayim. Okay, it's basically no longer like this beautiful, you know, vibrant Jewish city that you want to insist that all, of, that all the fruit is brought there. So they already retracted it. Okay, so now the Gemara explains what's the proof about this. The proof is the following. Taima, the reason he didn't have to worry about it was Dinimnu. It says they took a new vote and they retracted it. Hello, Nimnu, lo. If they didn't take a vote, it would not have fallen off by itself. The Takana would have remained even though the circumstances have changed. So that's clear what that proof is, the proof from that story. They had to have a vote to retract it. What about the proof from the biblical verses? What were you trying to do with that? Maiva Omer, what were you trying to do with the biblical verses? So Hachikamar, this, this, this is the proof from the verses. Michti, let's take a look. It says, be ready for three days, do not have any contact with women, which basically, again, is, you know, is, um, raises other problems that if you read the Psukim, it really sounds like, you know, God is talking about giving the Torah to the men. Uh, don't have any contact with women, so he's talking to the men. And then the way, you know, but uh, it's quite fascinating. I just need to make this point. You know, that sort of, lay, you know, reads uh, uh, Judith Plaskow, this uh, famous Jewish feminist, write a book, Standing Again at Sinai. So the first time, where were the women? It was, you know, God, it seems that God was talking only to the men. But the Chazal, quite interestingly, like, you know, go, go out of their way to point out that the women were there. Like the famous Chazal of, Kotamar Beit Yaakov et Bizne Yisrael, Beit Yaakov Elu Hanashi. That's how come that the, the, the school base Yaakov gets its name from that Rasha, you know. So very much sort of sees that women are, you know, makes a point that women are there, and they, they explain the reason of the three days is not because you men can't have sex within 
three days, it actually explains it's in order to enable the women to be at Harsinai, because if they've had recently had sex with their husband and semen might still come out of their body, that would make them impure. So they explained the whole reason for this idea was not to allow the men to be at Harsinai, but allow the women. Okay, I just needed to say that. Now, moving on. <laughs> um, the point being that they were told not to have sex for three days prior to Mamad Harsina. Now, I'll teach you Elisha. So then why did God have to say, um, go back to your tent? Lamali, why was that needed? Right? Why was that needed? Obviously, after it was done and you got your Torah, obviously you could resume sex. So, anything that was once in a minyan, it's a funny phrase, minyan, but anything legislated, let's put it that way, needs another legislation to retract it, even though the reason has changed. Okay, so they were told not to have sex because of Mamad Harsinai. So once Mamad Harsinai was done, you, duh, we should be able to have sex again. But no, you needed an active act of legislation. Okay, now, yeah, so you have to change the word minyan to mean legislation, not like vote. Yes? Yes, that's a really good question. <laughs> what would Rivka have said about this? I'm sure she would not have let me get through this tomorrow without being, without being interrupted. Yeah, yeah, it's really true. Oh, anyway, so thank you for mentioning that. Um, now, I, I want to make a point here, though, about this idea, because Tosos is bothered. If you take a look at Tosos, I just need to show you this one line of Tosos on Hamad Aleph. Look back at Tosos. Here's what Tosos says. Okay, meaning, which is just a fascinating point, which is first reflects a reality of the Middle Ages and of the period of Rashi and Tosus and so on, where the way they would sort of back up for Kanas HaKahal is by making a Cherem. Right? Like we know, Chayim Rabbeinu Gershom. And anybody who violates this Takana is under the ban, is in, under Chayim. Now, let's say they said a certain, pre- a certain thing would be for 30 days, there's a Chayim you can't do X. Or for the period until Pesach, there's a Chayim, I don't know, everybody has to give most Chitim or something. Okay? Now, when Pesach comes, you need to officially retract it. You said until Pesach. So you would think it stops by itself. But some people would argue, well, how's the difference? God said three days, and the Gemara says God needed to retract it. Right? So it sounds like even if you build in a time limit, you need to officially retract it. You, you understand the argument? Because of the similarity to the idea of God saying three days. And Tosa's answer is no. God didn't say, don't have sex for three days. Then you wouldn't need to retract it. Then he's put in a time limit in the, in the Takana, you know, in the edict. What God said was, be ready because three days from now there will be my own heart I stop having sex. He didn't ever say, you don't have sex for three days. He said, stop having sex. Now, you could infer that the reason to stop having sex was because of Mamad Harsinai, and you could infer that it should be logically allowable after Mamad Harsinai. But none of that was said explicitly, right? And all it said is, stop having sex now. So therefore, you need another act of legislation. But when it is built into the Takana, then, right, then it's automatically the, the Takana has a, an expiration date and then you don't have to worry about it. Now this, by the way, is very important because it goes back, let's say, to that issue I raised to you about, about, uh, about uh, uh, Chol of Yisrael 
what's the logic to say that if you don't have a concern of uh, trace milk, that you don't have to worry about uh, that you don't have to worry about um, you know about the about the takana of needing a Jew to supervise? Uh, it was established by Minyan. It was a takana that we need a Jew to supervise. Who cares if the circumstances have changed? So then the question always becomes by these rabbanans, how much were the circumstances built in to the takana? Meaning, how much was the takana just flat? Whatever our reasons are, we're saying, milk without Jewish supervision is trace. Okay? And even if whatever circumstances have changed, if that law is still on the books. Or no, maybe what we said was, when there's a concern that there might be trace milk mixed up, then it's tra- without Jewish supervision, it's trace. So if you build in those factors into the takana, then it will self-expire when those circumstances change. Okay, and that's exactly the question that we asked by many Drabanans. Are the circumstances built into the Takana or not? So that's what those things. Here you needed it to be retracted because although logically you, you could resume sex, that was never said explicitly. All it said was stop having sex now. But if you build the circumstances in and you say, no, this is a three-day Takana, then it would go off by itself. Okay, so now that's the proof from there. Um, now, um, so, so you see that it needed to be actively retracted. Now, Now, let's say you say, I don't buy that proof. Why not? Seems like a pretty good proof. Maybe when it says, go back to your tents, it's not to make it allowed to have sex, it's to obligate to have sex. You've been separate for three days, you have a chiyuv, an obligation to go back and to resume sexual relations. So therefore, maybe it's not to retract the takana, maybe it's to create a chiyuv, an obligation. So let's try again. Toshma. Let's try from this other story about Ma'amad bahar. When the horn trumpet sounds, then you can go up to the mountain. Michti. Let's take a look. Why did you need to do that? Why do you need to say that? That the sheep and cattle can't graze by that mountain. So obviously, you know, you know, and presumably Rashi quotes a midrash, and hahar hahu, that mountain means the mountain in which God's presence is there. So you can logically understand that that would problem would go away automatically when God's presence had departed. So why did you need Why did you need the idea of sounding of the trumpet? Now, now it's permissible. I could figure that out myself. The whole problem was God's presence was there. Obviously, when that stops, it stops. No, it's very nice if the circumstances have changed and logically it shouldn't apply but if that has not been built into the takana you cannot retract it you need an active act of legislation or here divine decree to retract okay so this by the way is a very important sugya as you can imagine an extremely important sugya right because it says if, it, if it's broad and what is considered Dabr Shabbat is anything that's a Drabanan Dabr Shabbat in halacha we tend to assume so and then it means that every Drabanan even when circumstances change the, the Takana remains in place but then the question always becomes as I've been saying to you when are the circumstances built into the Takana well, how much does the Takana say when these circumstances are present it's forbidden or how much is the Takana that it's, this is the flat rule but if it's a flat rule then even when the circumstances change it does not get retracted now the Me'iri discusses some exceptions where the change of circumstances might be so drastic and um, that you would not need a minyan acher la hatira. And he has all, a, a whole hierarchy of 
how much reason do you need and when you need a legislation and how you need to, you know, does it need to be a bigger basin, not a bigger basin, basically saying, if the reason has gone away, then even a smaller basin can retract it. If the reason hasn't gone away, then you need a bigger basin to retract it. So there's like a lot of interesting, complicated rules about the, inter- the interrelationship between are the circumstances still present and whether it needs active legislation to retract. But that is this Gemara's at least saying it was saying this point that just because the circumstances have changed does not mean it goes away. You need you need a new legislation. Now, the, getting back to our story about the egg and Rosh Hashanah, so that's a whole sugi by itself. But now let's get back to where we were talking about the egg and Rosh Hashanah. So he says, "What are you telling me? That Yochanan and Zakkai changed something and said you can now accept witnesses? So the circumstances have changed. So now it's no longer ba- based on, now it's no longer based on takana. Now it's safeg, and therefore it should be two days and two kedushot and not one kedusha. I'm sorry. Who, even though the circumstances change, that reality remains in place, and it remains a reality of one kedusha, not two kedushot. That's his argument." Let's take a look. Oh, I'm sorry. We have to finish the proof. You'll say that is true maybe by biblical law, you know, by something that God commands. By rabbinic law, low. Maybe you don't need another act of legislation. Tashma, Kerem Revive. The story of the case of the Kerem Revive. Kerem Revive, Rabbanan, that was rabbinic. You needed the fact that, the, that there was a new vote to retract that takana. It did not fall aside by itself. Okay. Now you'll say, okay. So that maybe that the same way Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai retracted the Takana about the witnesses, maybe he retracted the issues around the uh, egg and around the two Kedushot. Tumor says, no. When they retracted, they only retracted the issue about accepting witnesses. They never said there was the issues, for example, about the egg, for born the first day, forbidden the second, that that they did not change. So the reality of, again, when it was this issue of not accepting witnesses, two days Rosh Hashanah were kept at times not because of doubt, but because of takana, and therefore it was a one kedushah. So what, he, what Rabbi Yosef is saying here is even when that reality has shifted, the witness reality has shifted, the halachic establishment of that as one kedushah, that does not change automatically. It would need a new act of legislation to change that status. Okay, so that's his argument. Things remain the way they were. All right, so now the Gemara says like this. One minute. Amalei Abaye. Abaye said back to him. Artu. One minute, says Abaye. Beitza b'minyan mihaveh. Whoever, when was there ever a takana about the egg? Nobody ever got around and said, oh, let's legislate about an egg born on day one that it should remain forbidden on day two. Right? That was never an act of legislation that needs to be reversed. So, the issue about the egg, which is really a stand-in for the idea of one kedusha or two kedushot, was a, was a derivative, was dependent on an outgrowth of the question of, of the reality of the witnesses, whether there was, you know, whether they could be accepted or not. It's Sir Adus, when the witnesses were, were, not, were not accepted, when that takana was in place, so that creates a bait. So the egg born on day one is forbidden on day two. The non-accepting of witnesses created the reality of one kedusha. Okay, but it's not like there was a takana of one kedusha. It was a reality that was created as an outgrowth of not accepting the witnesses. Um, so 
Itzer, where Istri Edus, once witnesses were permitted, were accepted, then Istri so the Ed becomes permitted. Okay? So it's not like there's a Takana and the circumstances have changed. Okay? The reality of it being one Kiddushah was the natural outgrowth of not accepting the witnesses. So once that stopped, then that natural outgrowth stopped being the reality and it became two Kiddushahs. Okay? Is that pretty clear to people? What's being said here? Is everybody already lost? Okay, I'm protecting by the quiet and that you're keeping your heads down that you are lost. Um, but okay. <laughs> um, basically, let me just try to sum that whole point up. Okay, the question is, once, when, again, when you cannot accept witnesses on the first day of Rosh Hashanah because of a, because of a takana, right? So there were, there, there were elements of non-safeg that still had, times when you weren't in doubt and you still had two days of Rosh Hashanah. That reality of not accepting witnesses created a reality of one kedusha. So the quest, and that means born on one day, forbidden on the next. So the question is, once you, that reality changed and you could start accepting witnesses, right, does that now switch it to be two Kedushot? And if the argument is no, then the question is, why not? Because logically it should switch it, because it's no longer that reality of that Takana. So one answer was, well, Chutz Laaretz, it remained the way it was because the practice never shifted. Now the answer we're trying to say is, no, that reality of one Kedushah was its own Takana. So even though the issue about the witnesses shifted, that reality did not change. That's the idea you would need another act of legislation to retract it. Which Abayi's retort is, it wasn't like there was a legislation to make it one Kedushah. That was a reality that emerged from the fact that the witnesses were not accepted. Once the witnesses began to be accepted, that emergent reality has shifted. And therefore, logically, it should be two Kedushah, it says Abayi, and not one Kedushah. That is not a sufficient explanation of why the two days Rosh Hashanah are one Kedushah. Things remain the same. They shouldn't. It was emerged from the witness reality, and that reality has shifted. You had a question, Jonathan? No, I think I just want to Okay. So the, the issue is going to revolve around the confusion from year to year, right? The issue is going to revolve around the confusion from, I'm not sure what you're asking. From year to year. One year will say... Yeah, one year, one year might be the first day, and the next year will be the second day, and there's a reality of Safed. Yes. Correct. There's a reality of Safed. Okay. We did it last year, so why can't we do it this year? But this year is different than last year. Yes. Um, so the rest sounds like this. Rav Adav Rav Shlam, and so we're still looking, if you say that it's forbidden, um, born first day on the second, one Kiddushah, for good explanations why, given that, given that the witnesses can now be accepted, and it's now just based on a reality of doubt. So let's take a look. Rav Adav Rav Shlam, and Travayu Mibay Kluchis Amri, so the two of them from the house of Kluchis say, Af Mitraj Rav Yochanan Ben Zakai, the Eos Beis Asura, even though now the reality is witnesses could be accepted, the egg remains forbidden, meaning it remains one Kiddushah, my timer, this is what you're saying, Jonathan. Maybe because, God willing, the Beis will be rebuilt quickly. The Yomru, and people say, Look, last year, when it was born on day one, we ate it on day two. So, let's do the same now. The low yadi, and they won't know. When there was no race of mikdash, we accepted witnesses the whole day, and that created a reality of suffolk, and that created two kedushot. The hash, but, uh, but now, the hash, and that therefore was born on day one, you could eat it on day two. The hash, but now, there's the reality of the base of Mikdash, there's the reality that we won't accept witnesses, therefore there's an element of Takhan, and therefore it's one Kedushah. So because you don't want people to make that mistake, 
we're going to keep it as one Kedusha, even though it should logically be two. Okay, which is basically saying, as a post-Rabbi that says, we would need to retract it and we're stuck with it. Here's saying we're not stuck with it, but we proactively chose to be stuck with it. We proactively chose to continue the practice of one Kedusha, to continue that reality for, you know, what would be in the future. So the Gemara says, nami lo So well, how could we allow to accept witnesses? Let's be afraid. My time, let's have the same concern. Look, last year we accepted witnesses the whole day. So now this year let's do the same. If you're worried about what will happen when the base of Mikdash gets rebuilt, how did you allow a shift in the whole idea of accepting witnesses? You shouldn't allow witnesses to be accepted because that will be a changed halacha when the base of Mikdash is rebuilt. So the Gemara says, Hachi Hasa. What type of a question is that? Hasam over there, Adis Masura Lebastin. There, Basin is the one that accepts witnesses. Basin isn't going to make that obvious mistake of the, oh, last year we accepted all day. Basin will know. There's a Basin Mikdash now, and you don't accept witnesses from Mincha time onward. So that we don't, that we're able to change because we can trust Basin to know that, to know the halacha. But Basin, the egg, that's every farmer. Every farmer's got eggs. So people are going to make mistakes. So we have to maintain two Kedusha. So again, the question is, now that we accept witnesses the whole day and there's a reality of suffix, why not say two Kedushot? And the, uh, why do we say one Kedusha? And the answers that we have are either we're stuck with the past, just naturally, we would need to legislate it out, or that no, proactively we decided to keep the past reality because of the question of the future building of the Beit HaMikdash. Okay, so that's the, um, so that's right now, but explaining the idea of one Kedusha. Now let's continue, finish this up. Um, where was it? Well, Rav says, Everybody is saying this idea. Even now that we accept witnesses, the idea is the egg is forbidden, one to do Shah. Why? It's a very funny phrase, you know, what that means. Rashi tells us both struggle to explain it, but basically it says, look, the Yohanan and Zakai, you know, himself would say that, um, that when the Aden came from Mincha time onward, that the, you continue the day Bikdusha. Okay, that's very nice, but what does that mean? So Rashi is saying like this, no, no, no. Even when Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai said you can now accept witnesses, he never he kept the reality. He would not have changed the reality of Kedusha Achat. There was a reality in place that you would always have, you know, that you would have two days Yom Tov when the witnesses came later, even though, like, you knew and there was no longer doubt and so on. That was when there was a Beit HaMikdash. But Yodan and Zakai changed the reality of accepting witnesses, but sort of rather saying, yeah, but it's obvious he wouldn't have changed the reality of Kedusha Achat. Now the question is like, why is it obvious? Well, it's obvious. It's obvious to Rava. So, the, so now again, why did it not shift from Kedushacha to Sheikh Kedushot? We have three reasons. Either we were stuck with the old Takana, because we didn't legislate it out, or two, we proactively made a new Takana to keep the idea of one Kedusha, because of Neher Yibana. Or what Rava's saying, which is, I think that Rabbi Yochanan Zakai sort of used a scalpel, and when he was changing the issue of accepting witnesses, he was leaving aside and untouched and maintaining the idea of one Kedusha. So, three different explanations, but we're basically keeping the reality of one Kedusha, even now that we can accept witnesses. And now the Gemara wraps up and says, You like Rav in these three cases, whether leniency or strictly, I want to remind you what the three cases are. One was Yantav and Shabbat. And if it's born on one day, the egg is at Mutter on the next. And there Rav was strict. 
And Rav said that if it's born on Shabbat, it's Asr on Yantav, if they're back to back, or born on Yantav, it remains Asr on Shabbat. That actually, somewhat ironically, he treated it as one to do shower. The Gemara mar- said maybe because of Hachana de Rabba. So there we're strict. The other case was two days of, a normal two days of Yantav of, of Chutzlaharis where if it's born on one day, it's permitted on the second, because that's based on Safes, that's two Kedushot. There we also pass them like Rav leniently. And the third case is our case of Rosh Hashanah, that even after the kind of Rav Yochanan and Zakkai, it remains one Kedushah, and therefore born on one day, forbidden on the next. But as I said, a lot of other implications of one Kedushah, like saying Shechianu and other types of things. The last thing I need to say is, you finish this Gemara, and you're saying, okay, fine, what I conclude is, when in Eretz Yisrael, they have two days, because the Aiden the don't come till the next day, it has the reality of one Kedushah. But it never says anywhere that you have to have two days in Eretz Yisrael, and when the witnesses came earlier, it sounds like you would keep one day. It's only a question of what would be the reality when they came the second day, would it be one Kedushah or two Kedushah? Nevertheless, the Rif quotes this whole Gemara and ends by saying, and therefore, we keep two days of Rosh Hashanah all the time, even in Eretz Yisrael. And he somehow understands that the conclusion that they ma- it maintains Kedusha Achat, and we maintain that, you know, for all the various reasons that were said, but somehow we maintain that Ol Takana, also means that we always do two days, even in Eretz Yisrael. It's fascinating to know that that was not so clear that the Balmor and other Rishonim argued on the Rif and said, in Eretz Yisrael, one day Rosh Hashanah, not two days Rosh Hashanah. As you know, you know, when the witnesses came, come, you know, on the first day. Or if it's based on a calendar, then when it's supposed to be, you know, on the 30th day of Elul, which is pretty much every year, because, uh, because Elul is never, has never had 30 days, if it's an early Rosh Hashanah, then it's always going to be one day Rosh Hashanah. So there actually is a debate in the Rishonim. The idea that in Eretz Yisrael they always keep two days is not in the Gemara. It's a debate in the Rishonim. Yes? No, what they, these other Rishonim are saying is the Rif is wrong. In practice, you keep one day of Rosh Hashanah in Eretz Yisrael. Now, in our, what we know is, this is the only holiday that they keep in Eretz Yisrael two days, and they treat it as to do Shachat. Somehow an understanding of Tzidu Shachat means, and not only when it's two days, but you always keep two days as Tzidu Shachat. But yeah, it's a big shocker to learn that that's not in the Gemara. And according to a number of Rishonim, you basically do one day of Rosh Hashanah. Yes? Well, what about the famous verse that says that, you know, Brit Mila, sometimes 7, 8, 9, 10? Yes. And that, that implies two days of Rosh Hashanah? When there are two days of Rosh Hashanah. But, but not whether but, but there could be the high days the rib is saying there's always two days I'm sorry those who the, are the saying days. sometimes it's two days when the witnesses come late I mean not come late when the witnesses come on day two you know so then you kept the whole first day because it might have wound up being Rosh Hashanah and you keep you know and then you keep the second day so when the witnesses come on day two there are two days but when the witnesses came on day one there's one day I know it's a shock 